0: Here we
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Today we're going to talk about college football. We're talking a little bit about the NIL because Jimbo Fisher he wasn't happy last week when brought up about NIL and his recruiting classes. Number one overall recruiting recruiting class this year in all of college football, he was not happy. One off about sliced bread and and reporters and everything. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about the NIL. What's going to happen with this? What's going to continue on here in college football with this? So we're going to talk about that today on the Coach Steve Show podcast. Um, Thank you for watching or thank you for listening. If you're watching it on YouTube, please hit the like button and the subscribe button. Uh, It helps out the algorithm that I just don't understand. Uh, Leave a comment in the comment section down below. And then wherever you're listening to your podcast, please give it a uh, rating, um, a review, uh, everything like that, wherever, literally wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could do that for me, be greatly appreciated. Uh, go follow the Twitter as well, at Coach underscore Steve 72. Uh, this podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the blogs and podcasts there. There's something there for everybody, even outside of sports. So go check that out. That's, again, bellyupsports.com. Uh, football coaches out there, uh, your linemen. During the season last year, or pretty much every season, do you realize that they're taking a lot of blows in practice? They're taking a lot of blows, or the helmets actually are getting scuffed up as well. Uh, So have you thought about how to protect the shells? Have you thought about all that and thinking about those big guys in the trenches where you need them to win? Well, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce those repetitive blows. Those guys are taking each and every week. It's Guardian Caps. Uh, They reduce the impact by 20 to 33%, which is Huge. Huge for that. You know, you gotta protect up here and you gotta protect the uh the paint a little bit as well. Let's not let's not kid ourselves, you know. The reconditioning can be a pain, especially during covert times and shipping and the supply chain and everything else. We all know what that's about. So if you go to guardiansports.com guardian dash caps and use the code 15 off, you will save 50% off your order. It is worn by Five and Over five NFL teams and over 200 colleges like Alabama, Oklahoma, Penn State, your reigning national championship Georgia Bulldogs, if it's good enough for them, it is good enough for you. Guardiansports.com Guardian-Caps, use the code 15OFF to save 15% off your order. This podcast is also brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. Football coaches out there, you're like me, we're trying to get simple. We're trying to get back to the basics, which is what Coach Stone wanted. His very first book is over 500 pages of drills. I promise you, you will never have to look up another drill again. CoachStoneFootball.com. Check out the Back to the Basics book series. I believe there's over 10 of them. Never stops working, never stops writing books. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So, yes, the signing day happened last week. Uh, Texas A&M has come in with the number one recruiting class uh, ahead of Alabama. Uh, Alabama was still in the top five or ten, I believe, in recruiting. Um, so Jimbo Fisher has recruited. They had a good season last year. They knock off Alabama. They battled through injuries. They beat teams they weren't supposed to beat. They also lost teams they shouldn't beat, shouldn't have lost to the year before they did well. So it kind of seems in a way as Jimbo Fisher getting the team turned around. But a big topic in college football is NAIL. NAIL is a way for players to actually make money off of themselves. It's a way to make money off their names. Because for years when we were doing the BCS stuff, even before the playoff, players did not make money. And it's a big topic of conversation of players should they get paid or not paid. And you can go either way. They should get paid or they should not get paid whole other podcast topic, which I probably should, but NAIL kind of changes that. It's a way for them to get paid. Now, the school and the NCAA does not have to pay them. So it's the NCAA's way of not paying them. The NCAA has been called many things. Non-caring assholes of America uh, and stuff like that. That they don't care about the players. Okay? And so this is a way for them not to pay players. What it, what it really does is, you know, Jim's Barbecue right down the street can come up to a player and say, hey, I'm going to pay you $500 to be in this commercial. I'm going to pay you $500 to do something. I'm going to give you $1,000 to do something. That's what's happened. Now, the NIL was really created to kind of help the established stars because the problem with paying players, and I'll try to keep this brief – was we look at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States of the world, the Floridas of the world, and say, well, their coaches are making millions upon millions of dollars. So it's not fair that a kid that gets a scholarship goes and doesn't make the same type of money. And I am on board with that, and I hear you. When you've got a head coach in college making $10 million a year while the – athlete is going to school for three years before thinking about going to the nfl to make money or has to stay in college four or five six years to get a degree and try to go make money i hear you especially when you got high school coaches out here like us that make anywhere from two thousand dollars and then depending on where you're at for stipends like an assistant upwards of like seven or eight thousand dollars which is pretty good but for us that do the work and make seven thousand dollars Compared to a college coach that has for $10 million now, that's their job, that's their livelihood, they know way more football than we do, but I hear you. And the argument is, the athlete is getting paid from their scholarship. You go to a school and they might say, okay, your scholarship is worth $120,000 to go to school here. Where people go and pay that in student loans, which student loans is a whole scam in itself. I hear you. I, hear, I heard all of that. The problem is, We always talked about what we see. And what I mean by what we see is Alabama, Georgia, all of those guys. All of those guys could afford to pay players. But the problem had become, how do you pay players? Who do you pay? Well, you're going to pay your quarterback more, but what about the offensive line? Well, you can't afford to do that. So then do they just get their scholarship money instead of going to school? But then if they're not going to school there and you're paying them in money, so they give them $120,000 for their scholarship instead, but they're not enrolled in the university because they don't want to go to school, but they want to play football. Well, now it's no longer quote-unquote amateur. They're not in school, so they shouldn't be playing, all that stuff. You have to be enrolled in the school to play. So that's where that started to become. But then you look at schools. I don't know if U of I is a good example. Could they afford to pay all the players because they don't bring in the same type of money that Alabamas and them do? Okay, When you look at other things, other umbrellas under the NCAA, Division 3s don't pay players players pay to go play division three football division three football is great one double a which is like where i am eastern illinois university in illinois state could they afford to pay all the players no and then you start to fall under well if you're paying football players you need to pay basketball players you need to pay girls volleyball you need to pay the softball team now it becomes how do the school pay each other can you afford to pay all players on there? you're going to limit the roster size because some cannot afford it. And then what if one year you're winning the national title? I mean, I don't know if this is a good example. LSU wins the national title and then they get rid of and They don't have such a good season. Now, an LSU is still going to make money, but what if a team has a good season and the next season they don't? Then that season after that they don't. Are they making the same type of ticket sales? So wait, it's just a long thing. That was longer than what I said. And those are just shorter topics, but that's what it became in paying players. I thought payers... Could get played, could get paid, but you have to look at it now. Then the other part of it is the people up in the NCAA make money. They have billions of dollars, so they could even that out. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think the presidents and the NCAA up there should be making the money they're making. That's not what I'm saying. But is there realistically that money to where you could give it to every single athlete in Division One, every single athlete in one double A, Every single athlete in Division Two and Division 3 I don't know if there is. And if there is, it's like, well, okay. NCAA spreads all this money out. School says, okay, here's your scholarship. But when you actually get the money, well, we're going to pay you $500 a month. Then does it become worth it? So this NAIL thing that went through legislator, not through NCAA, it went through the government it was really created and talked about for players that are established. You look at young at Alabama, you're looking at players that like their juniors or seniors, these big time stars. that do something for their school and their team and everything else. And it was made for businesses like car dealerships, um, different companies. I don't even know to come and say, well, you know what? We're going to give you this thousand dollars and do this. Maybe now, now this is what's happening. It was supposed to be for that. But, When you don't put anything on it to govern it, which sucks. I don't want to use the term govern. When you don't put stipulations on it, if there's no cap, um, who can pay players? How does this work? You just kind of opened up the door. And I remember Nick Saban had said this. Mike Leach had said this. You don't want this to become NFL free agency. And what I mean by that is, is kind of what's about to be talked about with Jimbo Fisher. Lane Kiffin kind of went in there. And then all this other stuff. So with this transfer portal as well, because think about it. If you're a player, you can go to the transfer portal and go wherever you want. If boosters start getting involved, because see, there's no rules. We don't really need, I don't know if governing is the right word, but at the same time, you kind of need, because then somebody screwed it all up. They've screwed it up before. So when you think about it, so if a booster comes in and says, well, I am a booster. I own this multi-million dollar business. I'm going to go to the coach Or I'm going to give the school a pool of money and say, okay, I'm going to give you $500,000. Who are you recruiting? Are they going to tell them who they're going to recruit? Well, okay, that kid's really good. So now we're going to run into, well, this kid's coming out of high school. You can mess with that. Or because of this transfer portal, well, that kid played two years at Oklahoma. And I'm not saying that's just an example. And I'm not saying Lincoln Riley did this. Well, that kid played Oklahoma. I have a multi-million dollar business. I really, really want my alma mater of I don't know, Florida to do well. Okay, let's go get him. All right, I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars a month, or we're gonna sign this contract with twenty thousand dollars, you're guaranteed twenty thousand dollars, and this and that. And then there's our stipulations. So is this becoming like the NFL? So now what's happening is this NIL sounded good, but now it's kind of exploding. Now, is there factual evidence boosters are doing this? There probably is. I'm not going to dive too deep into it because there's nothing illegal to it. I think as long as the coach is not giving money, but then what's the rule? Is the NCAA allowed to say, well, as a head football coach, you're not allowed to go tell the booster who you're recruiting, which that's hard to do because we can figure out who teams are recruiting. You can just look at it and say, well, They've talked to Alabama, they've talked to U of I, they've talked to whoever. So it's a very tough thing, I think, to do. It's a very tough thing to, to look at. So it's going to be a free-for-all. And what they don't want to happen is slowly maybe going to happen, which is, well, this town has these, even not even boosters, just a town that's bigger could say, well, this transfer portal... We're going to call them. We're going to say, we're going to give you X amount of money if you come to this town. That's kind of what's happening here. Well, we're going to continue by NAIL, but then Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M get the number one recruiting class. Seems to be like they recruited pretty well. You know, it's on the up and up. I'm not the I'm not a Jumbo fan. There's just something about Jimbo Fisher. It's whatever. Now, if I ever had him on the podcast, I'd have him on the podcast. Great. Doesn't mean I have to be a fan. I can't respect the coaching. But there's, yeah, you know, just, just something. But not doing too bad at Texas A&M, especially when Texas A&M went from the Big 12 to the SEC. Not too bad. Has none of my recruiting class. Some coaches have made comments. And one of them was Lane Kiffin. Okay. So, Lane Kiffin, I'm going to read this little article for you. Um... And we're going to skip down to Old Miss Lane. Kiffin is known for being one of the more outspoken coaches in college football and a fresh off of what was arguably the best regular season for Old Miss. In more than a decade, Kiffin is still making his opinions on the state of college football known. This time, Kiffin is once again going after the NAIL and the effect it is having on the balance of college football, even joking about the amount of money the Aggies paid for their recent class, which cites the national nation's best... Signing Day. We don't have the funding resources at some schools with the NAIL deals. It's like dealing with salary caps. I joked I didn't know if Texas A&M a, um, a, incurred a luxury tax with how much they paid for their signing class. The Aggies, of course, hold the nation's best 12 signees in the SI99 rankings, are in the conversation for three more on top of their remaining uncommitted players, on the other hand, the Rebels have utilized instead transfer portal and are, are not expected to add any additional recruits on that Wednesday. This was last week. Somehow, they're going to have to control the NAIL, Kiffin said. You've got these salary caps, schools giving players millions to sign before they pay, before they play, and other places not able to do that. What would the NFL look like if two or three teams could pay ten times more in salary cap? Giffen Kiffin could have a point, with some schools able to devote significantly greater amount of money to their athletic budgets, thus creating more opportunities for student-athletes to produce NAIL deals. Ole Miss, for example, was rated as the number 24 most valuable college football team in the country in 2021. The Aggies, on the other hand, were tied with the first overall spot with the Texas Longhorns that were valued at $147 million. Not to mention, the Aggies just approved $205 million worth of renovations to the athletic facilities in November there are schools with no shot to recruit certain players. If a class has an average of twenty five million dollars, that's one million a person, Kiffin continued. In NFL free agency, players go to the most money. These players are seventeen and eighteen. They're gonna go where they get paid most. You've legalized paying players. As it stands, the Rebels sit with the number twenty two overall recruiting class twenty twenty two cycle, well behind the number one ranked Aggies as well as nine other SCC teams. So Kiffin made comments and tweeted and talked about Um, so he has a couple points that, you know, if, if people give the the money and they're able to get players to come in and these schools get this budgeting, it's quite possible schools are going to start paying, but they're not paying them out of their pocket. They're getting this money from somewhere or the athletic budget's bigger. Somebody's giving them money because realize that boosters probably give this team money. They make ticket sales. They make TV deals. But boosters is what makes it go. Like in Auburn, where you're paying Gus $21 million to leave, and now you're talking about firing Brian Harson and paying him $18 million to leave. Then you're paying Coach Ed O like $16 million to leave. Where does that money come from? The school sometimes doesn't just doesn't have you know $18 million just quite sitting there all the time. They have to make payments. So they fundraise, they have ticket sales, they have TV deals, but the big time boosters. I know at some schools, they have fundraisers where boosters come and they pay money and that money goes to the athletic department. Some states, like I remember when they hired Lovey Smith at Illinois, and to some people like that's not a lot of money. They're going to pay him $21 million over four years. And that's when Illinois is going through the budget crisis. And they were like, well, how can Illinois afford to pay him when when the roads are bad and this and that? that's not coming from the state that's coming from the school the school has an athletic budget the school's not paying them like the main education part it's the athletic part so this is talked about you know Lane Kiffin pointed at this other coaches have pointed at this of how Texas A&M got this recruiting class and Jimbo Fisher was not happy you know he he took it very personal and he really went after it man i mean he got after it um there was a post whether it's true or not um so we'll, we'll talk about this so texas a&m up again i'm a recruiting class and they jumped up um to get some stars you know more than what they had before so then lane kiffin does this and this now and well then when jimbo was asked about it one not happy was not happy, so let's take a look at what he had to say, because again, he was not happy with the question about him and his recruiting.
0: Do you kind of consider it a slap in the face or whatever when there's these thoughts out there? that's because a lot of money is being spent, and just your here's what I'm going
2: to say, and this is point blank. This is point blank to the because here's 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 my problem. There is no thirty million dollar fund. There is no five million. There is no ten. Million. This is garbage. Okay. And it does. It pisses me off that people, and here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread, Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the Internet as gospel. How irresponsible is that? You got, I'm going to tell you, some of it, there's some very reputable writers in college football and sports that wrote it and have said it and have done things. That's unbelievable to me. There's some, I, when I first heard it, I laughed. I said, oh, yeah, what a clown. I mean, somebody, I didn't even think anything of it. Of course, I don't have social media, and it kept building, it, and lately I've heard more about it. To me, it's insulting to the players that we recruited that that's why they would come here. You ever been to a game here? You ever come to school here and see the education? You ever talk about the 12th man, the Aggie Network, when you're done? There ain't a better university in this country. And it's insulting to what you say. And all these – and we got writers who, who have said it and done it off sliced bread. A guy named Slice – who made it up. Love to see who sliced bread is and put it out there with sliced bread. Let me find out where it comes from. And then to have coaches – in our league and across this league you say it, clown acts. All right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guy's griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll, I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. The other thing, when you look at, at, at vice president, I get another one, vice president of Notre Dame. Supposed to be a rep university, right? That's a heck of a person leading the University. I'd be real proud if I hired that guy. Read it off sliced bread. But it, it, they say it because it's written on the Internet. What are We worry about the kids and social media and Internet. How about grown-ups? How about the guys that are supposed to be setting examples? How about writers who are supposed to be writing the right thing? How about coaches who are supposed to be doing the right thing? And I'll tell you what, I know how some of those guys recruit too. Go dig into that. I know the history. I know the tradition. I know And I know things.
1: He was not happy. There's a lot to take in there. Was not happy. So the the overall picture before you start to talk about what he said was he got really offensive. You know what I mean? Like when you come after that, it's the way you answer it. Like if you literally just said, hey, I mean, you know what? I thought our coaches did their job. I thought they recruited well. You know, people can say what they want. You know, we, I thought we did a good job. You know, this is a great university. You know, we have fun at games. There's the 12th man. You know, there's nothing better in college football. Say, answering it like that would stop the question and everybody forget about it. Now, behind closed doors, you could be mad. You could be as mad as hell and say whatever you want to people. A couple things is, one, he's talking. He, he got really offensive. You want to talk about money? First of all, he gets mad about the media, which is true. Media is out of control. And maybe I, this podcast and everything, I'm part of the media, but I'm not the one – writing stories. I see things reported and I talk about it on a podcast and then I try to get other people on and we talk other things. But I'm not the one writing it. I'm not the one that has credentials in that. But also writing it and talking it is different. I feel like writing, you can write whatever you want and then you interpret it how you want. theres It's hard to understand a, um, an article with context or what kind of context it is. It's hard to You know, a text message. Podcasts are great for that because then we can talk about it, can explain it more. You get the tone of it. So he gets mad about that. Then he starts talking about irresponsible reporting, which is true. That's happening all over. That's happening with sports media. That's happening with the news. He's got a good point. It's hard to trust media. Any type of media nowadays is hard. And that's why podcasts have shot up sports podcasts and political podcasts and everything have shot up because that's where we trust more and new stream medias don't like that and sports is starting to feel that because you you report something too early. Depending on who your source is, is it true? Okay, so the overall thing there, and then he just, the way he goes on to answer it, he gets very mad. So is this mad because he's mad about the overall media and he's taking it out on this? Is he mad because coaches like Lane Kiffin are tweeting about it and saying something about it? And the reason why maybe he also got mad is because I'm going to talk about a post I saw, whether it's true or not, because he gets so mad. Well, they said, well, this is why um, someone put, uh, well, they say jumbo instead of Jimbo. So that's why I question this. Jimbo had the nerve to say it wasn't N-I-L, IL says everyone coming to AM because it's a better place to be. Well, 2018, they had zero five stars. 2019, two. 2022, and then 2021, one. NAL is introduced. They get seven stars in the highest rated class of all time. Uh, makes perfect logic after losing to Old Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU. In finishing four and four in the SEC, it was clear to the nation's elite recruits that this was a program on the rise. So, whether that's true or not, you know, whatever. Um, he had to say these things, I believe, to, to quote-unquote defend himself and the school and everything. But I think there was a better way to do it. But, Texas m has got the pockets. They've got money. And guess what? A part of it is, so what? If you did have some type of money for players, fine. You don't have to quite admit it, but if you answer it in a way where... Hey, you know what? People can say what they want. I thought uh, we all, as the coaching staff, recruited well. Uh, You know, I think this is one of the best universities in the nation. Our 12th man is amazing. Uh, Football games here are electric. Playing the SEC, playing the best week in and week out, we got to be on top of our game. And how we were able to kind of, you know, beat some teams last year and deal through some injuries and show how tough we were, we were able to sell that, you know, and get some kids here. If he answers it that way, fine. If in the back of your mind you know there's money out there, fine. And maybe Jimbo doesn't even know it. I doubt it, but when you answer questions like that and you get really, really defensive or it seems like you're really defensive, that tells us there's something behind you. Unless it's like your 10th time in a row being asked. Like if you do a report or um, a press conference one day and then the next day and the next day and it's the same question over and over, then you start to get a little frustrated. Yeah, I get it. Totally totally understand And then, I understand that this is going to go both ways. You have some coaches hinting at or actually calling out Texas A&M and whatever. And he's trying to stand up for the university coaches. He's trying to stand up for the players, and I get it. But then to say, you know, again, it's Lane Kiffin. He could be kidding. He could be serious. We don't know. But then to come out and say, and then we got coaches in this league talking about it. And it's just clown. So you're calling these coaches clowns. Here's the problem with this Jimbo. You might have recruited well, but you also have to get them to play, you also have to be able to coach them, and I'm not saying he can't at all, but when you say things like that and you call other coaches clowns, you now you've put a target on your back. Now you've put more pressure on yourself and your coaching staff and your players, so when you go play old Miss, you better back up those words, and those are not words now, does it really bother Lane Kiffin? Probably not. He's got better things to do, and things kind of probably roll off his back. But I guarantee you, he learned from Nick Saban that he ain't going to forget that. And if he's talking Nick Saban, if he make comments about NAIL, but then there at the end he says, "I've been around. I know how people recruit." Then he wants to call out Notre Dame and he talks about, "I understand how in this league." And is he talking about the conference? How people recruit? Are you trying to say Lane Kiffin or uh, Nick Saban's doing something? So you are now starting to call out coaches in this league. Look at the coaches in the SEC. Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Stoops at Kentucky. You know, you've got dudes, and I'm missing some. I know, I'm just naming off a few. You've got dudes coaching in the SEC. And you are not, I know you won a title at Florida State, But you haven't won one at Texas A&M. So when when you answer questions when it's, like, offensive and you're hurt, you know, like, who hurt you? That's where we start to question, like, what are you hiding because of how you answer this? Then you're calling out coaches. Then you're talking about other people at other schools. And then calling them clowns. Like, they're not going to forget that because who were you talking about besides Lane Kiffin and some of them? Nick Saban can sit there and go, is he calling me a clown? Because you realize if Nick Saban, if they would have won the national title this year, Nick Saban could have retired. Not saying he was, but it was very likely. Now he lost. He's pissed off. He's going to remember you beating him last year, and it's not going to happen again. Then if you think about calling him a clown, well, better hide Hide your wife, hide your kids, because Nick Saban's coming to town to put his boot up your ass. Then he's going to talk about NAIL. Texas AM has the money to do it. But this is the problem outside of Jimbo Fisher with this NAIL. Are you giving 18 year olds a lot of money to come to your school? Now it has become free agency and it's going to be the Wild Wild West and a free for all. And then you got this transfer portal. Now, the transfer portal sounded good in theory, but again, that's something that needs to be not governed but it needs to be overlooked it needs to have some stipulations it needs to have rules can they go to the track report whenever they want do they have to play at their school for two years now i understand when a coach when a coach recruits you and all of a sudden they leave they go to a school for a year and leave they go for two years and leave i get it so maybe there needs to be sp- things all over coaches you've got to stay for two years or three years or whatever which sucks for them because if a big job opens up and it's up it's better for you go Players, you have to be at a school for two years before you enter the transfer portal or transfer or enter it wherever you want. But when you enter that transfer portal and you go somewhere else, you're done. Can't go to the transfer portal again. You're done. Something like that needs to be put in place because this NIL is going to start running wild. Start running wild. So something needs to happen. Is there a cap? Can you not offer them when they're 18 years old? They've got to be 20 years old. Is there only so much? Is it Can the school give money? Can the athletic budget give money? And that's why the NCAA should have came in and talked to the governing body and had this figured out a long time ago. But now the government does it. There's a law. There's a rule. NCAA goes along with it. And I think the NCAA kind of does this on purpose to kind of show, hey, when you pay players, this is what happens. But if you're, not, if you're not a part of the solution and going towards the solution, you're part of the problem. And they're not going to sit there and try to help. They're, they're laughing about it, like this is going crazy. We told you this was going to happen if we pay players. Well, no, you assholes. There's a way to pay players. NIL is a good idea because the kids control who pays them. Outside people control who pays them, but can not affect recruiting. So that's what I'm talking about. They can't. It can't be 18 year olds. Can't be kids out of high school. And so then businesses start to think, okay, well, do we want to promise this guy a year from now money when we don't know how good he's going to be? Is he going to be redshirted? Does he get hurt? Well, you see he's doing well his freshman year or maybe his second year he's doing really well. Then a business can come in or whoever and say, you know what, we're going to give them money. Or give the school money and say, okay, so can you not get paid your first year? You get your scholarships. Because scholarships do help pay dorm or you live in the dorm, they pay for it. Your second year, the money can help pay for a apartment. So maybe after the first year, something like that. But Jimbo, when you answer questions like this, makes us wonder really what happened. You're you're going in the rules. You know, there's money involved. Somewhere you got the budgets. And you can't let a Lane Kiffin who does this to get a rise out of people. Sometimes I love Lane Kiffin. Love Lane Kiffin. Absolutely love him. I would love to have him on this podcast and talk to him. I have nothing bad. I don't know him, but I don't have a bad thing right now to say. I think he is right on the money with some of this. And then sometimes you don't know if he's serious or not. Is he doing this to piss people off, which has worked? No idea. No idea. But it worked. So Jimbo, don't be so mad. Don't be so mad. And then maybe he's offended because he's like, wait a minute, we recruited our asses off and we got the number one recruiting class. But Jimbo, here's the thing. Who cares? You know if you did not use money from your school or anything like that to get these recruits, you know that you rec- you and your staff recruited Nobody on the outside should care. You shouldn't care. You know in your program. But when you answer questions like this, I know you're probably defending your coaches if it's true that they recruited that hard. I'm not saying they did. I'm talking about when there's no money involved. I I get it. But you got to answer a little differently. And then don't call the coaches clowns because now you got to back that up. And this NAIL is going to run wild. There's got to be a way to put a cap on it. There's got to be a way to adjust this. And the NCAA, you know, people say, not, you know, not carrying assholes of America, you know, everything like that. They've got to step in and try to control this fire that's about to happen in this type of NFL free agency. But, again, I guarantee they're sitting there laughing and going, i told you when you pay players, this is, what, what, this is what's going to happen. Guaranteed. So they've got to step in and help. Jimbo, don't get so mad. I uh, wonder what you guys all think about the NAIL. It's great that players get paid, but there's it's going to run wild. And it's going to become, you know, like an XFL in college football. So a lot of work to do with this NAIL, and it's going to stink. They better start doing it now. Um, so tell me what you guys think in the comment section down below. Um, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Again, like and subscribe, follow it, rate it wherever you listen to your podcast. Be a friend, tell a friend. Check out the weekly episodes. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Um, check out all the affiliates in the description below. Check out all the other episodes. Um, thank you guys so. Thank you guys so much. Uh, this is Coach Steve. Another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we are out of here. We will see you next time.